Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Luz, or L-U-Z, is an exciting new film brought to us by a first-time film director. Luz begins as a young female cab driver drags herself into a rundown police station. However, a demonic entity has followed her there, determined to finally be close to the woman it loves. Shot entirely on 16mm film, director Tillman Singer pays homage to horror masters like David Cronenberg, Dario Argenta, and others while infusing this genre with its own fresh take. Director Tillman Singer takes us on a mind-bending trip through a fevered tale of demonic possession, ruptured identity, and menacing dread. Tillman Singer, welcome to Film School Radio. Tillman Singer, tell us a little bit about where the story behind this new film, Loose, came from. I remember I did research on a police sketch artist at the beginning. That then turned into um, kind of uh, research of police um, interrogation, and it led, led me to hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And when I arrived at hypnotherapy, that's where when I thought, like, okay, this is something great for for a thriller, and even maybe a supernatural thriller, because hypnosis and suggestiveness and having people under control seems very demonic in reality. And so I think that's how I came up with the, you know, the whole backstory of it. Right. Well, the, the film and that story obviously evolve. Um, how did you get from, from that original origin story of a police interrogation and how mm. that can sort of inform people's behaviors that may not even be natural to them? because that's what this feels like uh, in, in some ways, that then it evolves into a horror film where it's a, it's a matter of something supernatural. How did you get there? Right. I, um, right. I, I think um, I started at a, at a somewhat realistic, you know, um, layer, if you, if you will. So this... That, that, that hypnosis is being um, used in questioning is, uh, has actually been done. It's very strange because hypnosis is so suggestive, but uh, it's not far from, from what actually has been happening. And I think that, you know, how people interact with each other in, uh, in a weird, um, you know, power dynamic as in a police interrogation or questioning is much more unsettling than a, I don't know, a, a monster somewhere like around the corner, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I try to have a grounded in reality. Obviously, like the film is like way crazier than this, but I didn't not really try to, uh, you know actually go have uh, demons with flames and, and uh, or tentacles or something happening because I thought it was very, very scary if, if those are just humans 
that all are trying to manipulate each other right. and want something for themselves. Right. One of the things that makes this film so compelling is there aren't any real effects like you often see in a horror film, a film that's categorized right. in this genre. There's no effects. This is all dialogue. It's, it is the actions of the actors, how they sort of respond to these certain, some kind of very unusual situation. And I think that's a... That's a brave thing for you to do. I, I also think it's probably probably in some ways a financial budgetary issue, but you took that issue and turned it into something that is in many ways more frightening for the viewer because it because it's all in our own imagination to kind of to see what's on screen and project it onto our under our own self-conscious be, uh, thoughts what is actually happening and it's so it's this combination of things which i think works beautifully in the film and uh, tell me a little bit about am i on the right track in terms of what you were hoping to accomplish a hundred percent i think um you're right of course it's a, a matter of budget too but i actually think it is like i said it's it's way more scary if it's close to what we are um what we know, you know, what is real to us. Obviously, this is a movie and everything is staged and it's hyper tense, um, and as it should be, I think. But at the same time, it's way more, like, the effect is so much bigger if it's minimal, if what shows of a demonic possession is not something crazy and, you know, people mm. getting wings. Mm. But in our case, just, like, little white eyes, for example, that have been used often, of course. Um, I think, and then you talked about effects, and I think you know you have the greatest the greatest effect of cinema is how the audio and the and the image are playing together, and you can do so much with it and manipulate the viewer in so many ways uh, in creating tension, you know, and disorienting the viewer in like that people are not really sure what's going on, who hears what now, who sees what, yeah. and that kind of puts you into the scene well, because you have to relate on your senses and it's um, to figure out what is actually real in the reality of the film right now. And I think that makes it really immersive and it's almost more scary to me than... Um, no, it is more scary yeah. to me if it's close, closer to reality, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, let, let's do a, let's take a half a step back because I, I don't know if I've done a good enough job explaining kind of the premise of the film. We have a, a woman mm -hmm. who's loose, who is a uh, who is in a police station, apparently in a police station, and she is in some ways appears to be pleading for her life in some ways, or pleading with the the reception, the man at the reception desk. Uh, and it's sort of a foreboding of what's happened or is happening. And it, again, this is there's so much mystery and intrigue in this film that you you will find yourself as a viewer you'll be wondering did I miss something? And that's part of this what pulls you into the story. But is that premise right? She's Lucy's in that in that police station, pleading for someone to help her, and then we kind of go from there. It's a very important aspect that you never really fully understand what's going on or what happened. Right. Because everything, are, everything that you see in this film are just stories people tell. 
right? Even yeah. the flashbacks, the so-called flashbacks, are not really flashbacks. They happen within the scene. They happen because somebody is under hypnosis and it's just reenacting what happened before to, to her, at least in this case. It is very much uh, what I started with and what I find so interesting. The whole premise that she comes into a police station to ask for help, I find interesting because um, you have this motif, uh, this Catholic motif, that uh, with the call that she, this blasphemic call that she repeats over and over again, right. that apparently back in school she used to call a summon a demon with. And I think it's very interesting that there's that there's similar similarity to you know go to a police station and confess something and going to a church and confess something. So uh, yeah, and uh, I mean to me the movie starts from there. It's about her past and she did something horrible in school and that now haunts her right. while she's a young twenty-something-year-old um, driving a cab in Germany and she came over from. Uh, Chile, you know, so uh, she cannot really escape what she did. Right. I just want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, Tillman Singer. He's the director of a new film called Loose, and it comes out today here in Los Angeles on July 19th here in Los Angeles. We'll go to uh, filmschoolradio.com for more information about uh, the film, the website, and all of those things. Um, is And while I've got you, is the website for the film is Loose movie.com there's so many interesting things in the on a technical level again i'm sort of referring back to how creative this film is and how much of it is in fact uh, a part of your own mindset to understand to try to understand what's going on and it just adds this element this extra element of involvement by the audience but also it allows you to go in a lot of different directions in terms of what you're doing the technical side of this that i found so fascinating is your sound design and your production design work so well together. The, sort of the, those elements in the film. Tell me a little bit about that part of the film and what was your sort of mindset going into all of this? Okay, well, it's important to know probably that I'm now actually close friends with uh, my sound designer, the guy that mixes everything, Henning Hein, and my production designer, Dario Mendes, which is actually one of the producers of this film also, because this is also his thesis <laughs> in the art school that we studied at. So we work very closely together from my first national, in, initial notes, actually. Uh, before I write a draft, I already let them let, let them know what I'm working on. We can, you know, bounce ideas off each other. With the sound design, it became really important to me because I noticed that the few short films we did together before, the sound design and the sound mixing and mixing the sound design with the music in the end was such an important and fruitful process to me that I really wanted to ha have it even a, a bigger part of, of, of my story. And that's how I, I, I wrote for 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 this process to be kind of the main focus of it all, to, to, to say it clearly, like the, the, the main scene of that film is just somebody sitting on chairs pretending she's in a taxi. Right. And we hear, all the, we hear all the sounds that she is um, listening to in her reenactment of that scene while we don't see anything. We're just in that room. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really powerful. That's a really powerful tool in cinema. 
And I actually wrote pretty much all of that into my um, into my script. It read horribly, and it was not easy to read because I had to clarify all the time, like what you can hear now and what you cannot hear. I think it makes just a really dense atmosphere where you always like you always really have to trust all of your senses while while watching this. And with the with the sound, um, sorry, the production design. It's always one of my most fun and important parts in, in movie making is that Dario had this great idea of um, the, the story is set in the past, in like the 90s, um, early 90s. But Dario um, treated like the whole production design in layers. So you have like architecture from the 70s and then you have interior design from the, no, you have architecture from the 60s actually. And then, you know, interior design more like from the 70s and then and fashion and technology from the 80s and 90s. And that all gives all of it kind of like a disorienting aspect where you're not really sure when it happened and when this was shot. Uh, and I think that's great. Yeah, I do too. I know I just have a minute left with you, and I uh, I'll just want to make an observation. <laughs> Absolutely, there's so much of this film that is disorienting, and you can watch it a couple of times. And I will tell you that I you that we mentioned David Cronenberg, uh, and some other people that are influencing your films. I what I took away from the film and watching it uh, for the, the the second time was, it feels like The Shining in that the sense that it feels like I could have watched that movie on a loop. When we see her, when we see her in the police station, it feels like I'm going to watch. It's almost that same idea of reincarnation that she's going. She is in this kind of loop, and watching it again, as I said, you see. It feels like it, yeah. could, it could have been the same. We were going to watch. She is in this kind of continual, you know, possession, uh, running away, all these different things, elements that are happening in the film uh, feel like uh, yeah. The Shining is what it feels like. And I I just, uh, I, I, I really, it struck me, uh, you know, very, very uh, obviously it, it really made an impression on me in that regard. And uh, does that, you, is that something you would agree with? I, I agree with um, I, I love the shining. I'm, I don't I don't I, I don't know how close it is to it, but I, I totally agree with the loop aspect because the whole story and the the narrative all all everything goes in loops. Everything is being told like three times or yep. something, you know, yep. um, and and it all it's all reoccurring. And then the whole just the whole story, like beginning and end, are very much the same. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, the looping is a very important aspect for it, and something that I would like to, um, you know, um, explore further with in the next movies. Definitely, loops are great. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad because that. I'm glad you agree <laughs> because that's it's great. Well, I want to let our listeners uh, uh, know that the film is called Loose. It's coming out here today. Uh, uh, July uh, 19th here in Los Angeles and we've been talking with the writer and the director of this wonderful film Loose uh, Tillman Singer Tillman thank you so much I hope you'll come back uh, uh, when you're, with your next project it's really terrific it's been an honor to have you thank you so much for the nice interview You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.